Holly G with the Golf Insiders with one of our very special guests um, who I'm privileged to call a friend as well as a colleague in this business, the co-host of Morning Drive and a former uh, scribe at Sports Illustrated and the New York Times, you know, one of our more thoughtful and uh, professional journalists in golf, Damon Hack. Welcome to the Golf Insiders. During uh, the last 10 days of, uh, of surrealness, I guess, in some respects, um, never in uh, a million years would I think that I would be covering a topic about racism and unrest on a golf talk show. But here we are. It's um, maybe not comfortable, but these are the conversations that we need to have and I hope are awakening for the entire country. And uh, your, you know, your thoughts, you wrote a beautiful, beautiful piece on golfchannel.com. I highly, highly encourage all my listeners to go read it on Monday and um, where you shared a lot of personal experience and just uh, appreciate you spending a few minutes with my audience today. Well, thank you, Holly G. And, and I echo those sentiments of not expecting to have a conversation like this and being really just feeling dual emotions the last couple of weeks in that I'm so blessed and thankful to have the job I have and my family and my, my ch children, my, my place of employment, everything is in, in working order and I feel very lucky. But then also having this second emotion of feeling like my heart is broken and seeing an unarmed black man killed on video and knowing that in my past I had been pulled over and questioned and frisked, uh, pulled over not for having broken any law, I wasn't speeding and being asked questions about having drugs or weapons in my car. And I just felt that I couldn't keep doing television where we are told to be ourselves and, and not be able to at least share my pain. I think one thing I've built in my relationships with my colleagues on the show and viewers is that I have to be authentic. I have to be me. People see my joy, my optimism when I'm talking about the game of golf. And I just couldn't hide this inner turmoil that I was feeling despite being so blessed and thankful for, for the blessings that I have. I, I just wanted to share that, you know what, I, I, I can't believe I'm having the same conversations with my sons about you know, being careful, dealing with police that, that my dad had with me some 40 years ago. And I just, I had to get it off my chest. And I will say that the response has been overwhelmingly positive, that no one would have assumed that those things had happened to me in the past because I'd never mentioned it. There was no need to. I, I, uh, I was thankful that it, nothing worse had happened to me. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping that this is the start of some difficult conversations that I imagine are happening around the dinner table. Uh, people aren't out as much as they used to be with this COVID-19. So uh, maybe people are kind of taking a deep breath and trying to figure out how do I make sense of this? How can I make my community, uh, my place of work, uh, a better place? Today is the uh, first public memorial for George Floyd uh, in Minneapolis. Um, you know, 
I know you have three sons of your own. I was particularly moved. They showed a brief um, interview with Floyd's, uh, the mother of his six-year-old child. And um, she, the child apparently said, you know, mama, uh, daddy's gonna change the world. And I was so struck by that, uh, that perhaps now out of, you know, the mouths of babes, we will um, really pay attention, talk, you know, and communicate. And, and um, this time it truly be the tipping point. It does feel that way. Also was moved by this young child's statement and the remarkable composure and maturity that someone so so little, so small, so young could have, and the perspective that, that she she has. Um, my heart breaks for her, obviously losing her father um, at such a tender age, and I and I do think that these are tough. Conversations, and I know that there are people out there that are saying, "Hey, I, I, I've never done anything wrong. I've, I've, I see people as who they are." Um, some people might say, I, "I don't see any color at all." I, I, uh, I think this might be a situation where we do need to see color and, and try to empathize and wonder what it must be like to walk in the shoes of of, of those who who are less fortunate and, and try to do what they can to to help turn turn this tragic story into something that maybe can be a tipping point in a, in a building block uh, for our community. Yes, I would say we can't walk necessarily in your shoes, but we can certainly now put on new shoes and join the conversation and the pathway forward. Um, and, uh, you know, just you mentioned another um, experience of, you know, wearing your COVID mask and avoiding the look of fear in the cashier's eyes as you're making a trip to the to the grocery store. Um, you know, this this is real on the court for, you know, what it looks like in your world. It is, and, and it's interesting. People will look at me, and, and I've had a couple comments about, oh, you're on TV. You know, what do you have to complain about? And and that's, you know, I'm on TV a couple hours a day. I'm, I'm other, other than that, I'm, to strangers, I'm, I'm a six-foot-three black man, um, bald-headed, who likes to jog, you know, and, and, and is aware of how sometimes people react when I'm jogging down the street. And I've been in elevators with strangers who don't know, you know, Golf Channel um, and don't know me. And, and, I, and, and there's no greater sadness than to see someone who is scared of you and assume something that uh, is not true. So that's, that's a pain that's hard to share and articulate, but I felt it was important for me to do. And, and I shared it not looking for sympathy. I shared it looking to unburden myself and to wonder why someone who's so happy could also be so, so sad. So... If it challenges our viewers and, and listeners to to look at things with a little more depth, to have some tough conversations, and it was definitely uh, worth it. 
Well, the same time we had a, a number of uh, PGA and LPGA players speaking out um, and uh, some participating in the Blackout Tuesday that happened. Uh, what, what were your overall thoughts with, with uh, some of the comments of the players? Yeah, I saw um, just in my little Instagram feed, uh, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, Brooks Kepka, to name a few, participating in that. And and I did what we do. I scrolled down and read some of the comments, and they got a lot of praise, but they also took a lot of heat for that. And people are trying to figure out where they stand, and is it Black Lives Matter? Is it All Lives Matter? And all these catchphrases and things that we're trying to sift through and make sense of and feelings of guilt and anger and frustration that are flowing on all sides and all parts of this complex issue that we're dealing with. And I think athletes are finding their voice. And I, and I do wonder if the fact that you have the Kepkas and Justin Thomas's and Ricky Fowler's who are interacting with African-American athletes more than PJ Tour players would have in the past. You know, Steph Curry, who loves this game, and DeAndre Iguodala's, uh, you know, the other uh, athletes who, who want to play golf, who, who, you know, play football for their day job, like Larry Fitzgerald, but are diehard golfers. Uh, Patrick Peterson, also of the Arizona Cardinals. I, I think them being exposed, exposed maybe a little more to the black experience through – their friendships uh, has given them a, a platform, a voice, and, and an area and room to feel some solidarity um, with some of the movements that we're seeing. Uh, you had Cheyenne Woods on this morning. Um, you know, she brings a, another perspective to it, being a black female. Uh, I think the sixth player, the sixth minority player on the LPGA, yeah. she said. That's exactly right. Um, you know, we've come a long way, certainly golf, uh, now a global sport more than ever. Uh, what do you think our, our next steps are? I honestly think our next steps aren't so much to do with the numbers of minorities that are participating as they are addressing some of the more systemic issues in our society and and those are big asks and complex tasks that sociologists and officials will have to figure out. Um, it just seems that it's going to take a multifaceted look at, at things. And part of it's education, part of it's access, part of it's finances, um, whether it's supporting more black businesses or investing more in, in lower income neighborhoods or bringing children out of those neighborhoods and exposing them to, to life in other parts of our society. I think it's a multi-pronged effort. And, and when you can somehow address the systemic issues, uh, whether it is police relations with the black community, uh, you know, body cams, whatever, whatever, aspects you can point to to help I think it's going to be a multi-year multi-decade multi-generational effort and I do think that the more this is an American issue and not a black issue that uh, that will be a little bit closer to where we all want to be which is to live up to our nation's creed and 
that all men, all women, all people are created equal. Amen to that. Um, well, the good news in the golf calendar is that live professional tour golf, the PGA Tour returns next week at Colonial. And um, I, I got a feeling, Damon, that the TV ratings are going to be through the roof after what we saw with the past two Sundays of golf. And what are you looking forward to? And, you know, is there a player you're wanting to, you know, see uh, come out of the blocks here in any particular way? I'm just curious what, what, uh, what you're sitting, uh, you know, uh, just licking your fingers about. I've got three names for you. Rory McIlroy, Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth. In Rory, I want to see if he can continue with this remarkable play from the last year and a half with five, um, I should say six straight top five finishes already this season before the pause, including a win in the fall. Can he kind of rise up this summer and own the fall? And I said that I'm only drive today because I just want to see him start to pick off major championships again and with TPC Harding Park for the PGA where he won the match play back in 2015. Uh, Wingfoot at the U.S. Open, a golf course that should fit such a superior driver of the golf ball. And then, of course, a, a Masters in Augusta in the fall. What a great opportunity for him to start adding to his tally of four majors. For Chuckdown, I want to see the swagger back. I want to see good health. I want to see a return to uh, living up to that rivalry that he's fomenting and fanning the flames with uh, with Rory. I love their little back and forth. I want that to continue. And then for Jordan Spieth, who starts at Colonial, where he's a past champion, maybe being close to his home um, and maybe having had this time off, he can be less of a mechanical player, more of a field player, and get back to the joy and freedom that he had in his game uh, back when he was uh, just breaking onto the PJ Tour back in the – 2014-2015 era. So those are the three names, and I am very excited to have some live golf to talk about very, very shortly. Any update on when we are going to see Tiger and your thoughts on how he's going to navigate this revised 2020 schedule? Yeah, I was told that he was not in a good way in February, why we didn't see him at Bay Hill and the players, um, that this time off was very good for him. I think that reporting that I was able to do was borne out when we saw him looking so good and refreshed uh, down in South Florida at the match alongside Phil and Tom Brady and Peyton. He drove the ball beautifully. That club for me is so indicative of where I think he is, not just from a game standpoint, but also from a health standpoint. He's able to swing that club so freely. But I imagine he'll be typical Tiger, uh, you know, a little cat and mouse. We won't see him that much. I imagine Memorial will see him. Um, obviously, that golf course is going to also host a John Deere, so we'll see him one of those two weeks. But I still think at this point it's limited reps, gear up for the major championships, especially now that he has number 15. He has to see a great opportunity over the next year and a half to pick off one or two majors and close that gap uh, with Jack Nicklaus uh, even further. Well, I know I'm super excited to be – watching some golf next week. I'm sure you and uh, everyone at the Golf Channel are ready to be uh, back covering golf. And um, to all my listeners, again, I can't highly recommend enough 
You go to golfchannel.com, read Damon's very, very personal and thoughtful piece. Can I be thankful and horrified? Can I? And uh, Damon, um, you know, we're all in this together. Well said, Holly G. I appreciate you giving me this platform. Uh, and I appreciate your friendship even more. Thank you very much. You're the best, my friend. And um, be well. And we'll see you out on the link soon. Count on it.